I'm Alex Kappelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode three, the Boston Celtics, one of my most despised teams. Uh, Boston fandom just does not do it for me. I've always hated the Celtics. Um, but I brought someone on who has actually, uh, he actually made a pretty good case. Uh, his name is Jake Tuber. He's one of my best buddies, and he's a lifelong Celtics fan. Uh, and I'm just going to go straight into this conversation. So here we go. Before I even talk about the Celtics and get into this, I got to ask you how serious you are about this. I mean, are you really willing to forgo your Knicks fandom? Or am I just going to talk about why I love the Celtics? Because I'm, let me be clear, I'm happy to do that. But I need to know if there's actually a chance that I could convince you to not only leave the Knicks behind, knowing your Knicks fandom, but embrace what, in theory, would be their eternal enemy in the Boston Celtics. There, okay, so... I'm coming at this with an open mind, and like it's it's really so hard. So I have for no me. chance, is what you're saying. <laughs> you probably have no chance, but I am actually going to have an open mind. I'm going to be open to your uh, to your uh, arguments, and I actually could potentially. I can't even imagine it, but I can. Like this is the only team where I'm like you I can can't imagine really, imagining it. That's all I'm I can imagine for. imagining it. Okay. All right. So before we get into like your like real arguments, like what's like how how did your Celtics love start? Like why are you Celtics? Fan? So despite being born and raised in the, the New York tri-state area, my father, despite being from Brooklyn himself, was a lifelong Celtics fan. When he was a really little kid, he was first a Celtics fan, mostly because his older brother was a Celtics fan. And he was really into the civil rights movement. Bill Russell was a big part of that. The Celtics were obviously very good. As a basketball fan, he came to be a big Knicks fan, excuse me, big Celtics fan, and raised me to be anything but a Knicks fan, preferably a Celtics fan. Uh, judging by the picture I have at about two months old wearing a homemade Robert Parrish jersey, I didn't have much of a choice. Homemade Robert Parrish? It was a green t-shirt with white tape on it that said Got Celtics. It. You know, they didn't make infant jerseys back in the uh, the late <laughs> 80s. But, um, do they so make that, them now? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh they definitely okay, do. Fair. I'll okay. get you a little, little kid jumpsuit if you want. That'll be your starter. If outfit. I choose it? Yeah, yeah great. Okay, done, done. So that's how I got started being a Celtics fan. It's been uh, generally a life of misery until sort of around the kind of Danny Ainge era, late 2000s and the big three. Uh, there were plenty of years rooting for Kenny Anderson and Ron Mercer and Eric Montross that went nowhere. But it's been a really exciting journey since sort of the past 10 years or so. And it's getting even better, Alex, if you want to jump on that one. Right. So starting with the big three for you was, was really big. But let's before we even get to the big three, let's talk about the civil rights thing. Well, it's a really interesting story because obviously Boston as a city has a really troubling history when it comes to racism in sports. Yeah. And, and also not sports. And not sports. Right. Thank you for that. But stick to sports, bro. Come on. <laughs> and one of the interesting things about the Celtics is that a lot of folks don't realize that Red Auerbach was really seeing the fact that while most of the NBA leaders and GMs were overlooking African-American players, he saw that as an area of competitive advantage because he really didn't care about whether or not your skin was a different color if you were going to be part of that team. And so he was really big on bringing Bill Russell in. Bill Russell himself was a very outspoken member. Celtics actually the first organization in the NBA to have an all-black starting five. Really? I think they were the first organization to have a black head coach as well. So uh, interesting that there's like a little, obviously the Celtics are very much thought of historically as a really white team, right? You have the Celtics of the ancient days with all those, with Kuzi and Heinsohn and Havlicek and all of those guys. Right. Uh, Kuzi himself, really big, uh, 
big guy in the uh, the civil rights movement at times refusing to play in certain cities when some of his African-American teammates were dissed and whatnot. So there's a cool little element to that of Celtics fandom that you can kind of look back, especially with with Big Bill at the at the helm. Well, it's interesting because like, you know, I think of, you know, when you like the movie Do the Right Thing, right? When Spike hmm. Lee, you know, has that scene where, you know, there's this white guy in Brooklyn who's from Brooklyn, but he's wearing the Larry Bird jersey. And like that, like Larry Bird is like the essence of like the white sports fan. There's no doubt that the Celtics do represent that whiteness in a lot of ways. Um, certainly Boston sports do, but they have a much less troubling history of racism in their organization than certainly the other Boston organizations do. Hmm. That's that's surprising to me. Yeah. Um, so lots of championships from the Celtics. Um, yep. But now is now. If I, I, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch a game, I'm going to see a team that's like drastically, drastically changed, right? No Even more then I, they were just this past June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, like, their lineup is Kyrie, uh, Gordon Hayward. Who's their three? Jalen Brown right now? Jalen will probably play the two next to Kyrie. Uh, okay. Gordon will probably play the three. Got it. Uh, it looks like Al Horford's going to start at the four, and Aaron Baines has had a really nice preseason in, in the short one game they've had so far. Oh, interesting. But, Alex, there are so many reasons to be a Celtics fan because of what the team has to offer right now. Their management is absolutely outstanding. Since Wick Grosbeck and his ownership group took over, brought in Danny Ainge, they have continuously made the right kind of managerial decisions. The most important one, in many ways, being hiring our brightest young superstar, Brad Stevens. I do like Brad Stevens a lot. Who doesn't like Brad Stevens a lot? They're very well synced with their D-League affiliates, so when guys come up and down, they're running the same sets on the main red claws. It allows them to fold themselves into the organization. Oh, on the main red claws, really the, the, their, uh, their, 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 their G-League, G-League team. Excuse me, their G-League, G-League team, affiliate. the Gatorade League. Yes, exactly. The D-League is now the G-League. Look out for uh, Abdul Nader, by the way, G-League, D-League superstar last year. Finally made the Celtics roster this year. I'm excited for my man, the Green Party, young Nader. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I think there's just so much. <laughs> did you invent that nickname? I did actually. I'm the really Green trying to push party, that. Young Nick, because he's on the Celtics. It's the Green Party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shout Ralph. out to my man, Abdul. Shout uh, out to my man, Ralph Nader. No doubt. The so Green look party, out for the Green Party at the end of the bench this year. They have an unbelievable. I mean, you're not going to find. <laughs> Sorry. I can't get over that. I love that. We got to keep that going. Yeah. We're that, keeping that going. That needs That's to be happening. out there. Yeah. As far as management. And coaching is concerned, they're in that upper tier with the teams like the Spurs and the Warriors and the Mavericks. So if you're looking for a team to get behind with great management, the Celtics obviously are in the absolute top class. You also have some really good reasons to be a Celtics fan if you like watching basketball because if you get NBA League Pass, you get to listen to Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn with enjoyment. No, and I gotta no, tell you, no. It's okay. Let me, let me just set this up, by the way. For people who don't know uh, uh, Tommy Heinsohn, he is the biggest homer in the entire world. Homer, a homer being someone who just, just blatantly roots for the sports team that. Tommy Heinsohn is former Celtics uh, All Star NBA player, he- championship winning head coach. You know, he's sort of like Mr. Celtic in many ways. He is the biggest homer in all of sports. He's like, do you, do you ever watch a game with like, um, <laughs> you ever watch a game with like your friend who doesn't, who who just like is so blinded by their passion that they like literally can't see that like, yes, Paul Pierce did commit a foul. If you ask Tommy Heinsohn, the Celtics haven't committed a foul since the late '80s. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but it's so enjoyable as a Celtics fan. And Mike Gorman is a great play-by-play caller. So you get to watch the games with Tommy and Mike. It's fantastic. You get Brian Scalabrini on the broadcast, right? He's kind of become sort of the Celtics guy that does the road games when Tommy doesn't travel with Mike. Okay. It's an unbelievable sideline show with Mike and Scal. You also have a huge advantage that I think the Celtics have over just about every team out there. 
Think about everything that it means to be a Celtics fan. So much of that is being able to hate the Knicks. So if you really want to be congruent in leaving the Knicks behind because of what they represent, the Trump associations, the terrible management, the Isaiah Thomas scandals, Penn Station, the Garden just not being what it once was, the Celtics are everything that you need to turn on the Knicks. And so, yes, you get the great management. You get the great coaching. You get an exciting team that's going to be making championship runs probably for the next three to six years at least. You know, they still have some picks in the pipeline as well. Danny Age is certainly pretty lucky, um, but he's really smart. He's really good at evaluating talent, especially with the lens of what their character contributes to the team. I had a chance um, very briefly to just chat in the hallways with Mike Zarin, their assistant GM at Summer League two years ago. And one of the things we talked about is how important character is to Brad, that it's not a sort of box you check after you look at their talent. It's sort of like, yeah, we can make him fit, but it's really one of the sort of first criteria you look at in bringing a guy to the organization. And that philosophy is something that Danny has really thought about when it comes to drafting guys like Jalen and Jason Tatum and sort of how he's put the team together. So his focus on not just chemistry, because every GM talks about chemistry, but thinking a lot about character congruence from one member of the team to the next as just as important as basketball, I think is just as important as their analytics philosophy and the stuff they do with Zarin and that whole uh, sabermetric squad and whatnot. Cool. All right, so, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back from the break, Jake is going to make his final pitch to me. This is Kira recording from Dublin, Ireland. The decision is sponsored by Alex's Twitter feed, at Alex Kappelman. The best way to support the show is to follow Alex on Twitter. It's also the best way to continue the conversation, make an argument for him to follow your favorite team, or just yell at him. That's at Alex Kappelman, twitter.com slash Alex Kappelman. Back to the show. So here's here's where I'm at. I really like all of your arguments. If, if... I were a dispassionate former fan, I would very, very seriously consider them one of the front runners. And they're honestly, you took me from like being like hated to being like, okay, civil rights background, okay, like they're a smart team, uh, smart smart personnel in, in every you know position, like cool. My big hangup is if I'm looking for that, why not go to the Warriors? Why not go to the Spurs? Why not go somewhere else? Why go to the Celtics? with my history. Becoming a Celtics fan really just helps you stick it to Dolan in a way that becoming <laughs> a Warriors or Spurs fan doesn't. I mean, there's nothing more tried and true about turning your back on the Knicks than embracing the Celtics. Now, I'm not asking you to become a Boston sports fan, okay? okay. The Celtics are the only team in Boston that I like. Yeah, you're a Mets fan. And a 49ers, 49ers fan. 49ers fan. Story for another podcast. Yeah. So if you're really serious about this experiment, and this isn't just some goofy hypothetical that you were never really willing to get off this island. Mm-hmm. If you're really serious about whether or not you can step outside your history and pick up a new team, there's no truer test than rooting for the Celtics. So what I invite you to do, I need you to, to think about what it would be like to watch Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn or Mike Gorman and Scal and watch the ball movement on the perimeter. Watch guys like Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart die for every loose ball. Listen to Jalen Brown talk about what's going on in the country's day and enjoy his maturity and the way that Brad Stevens has cultivated guys like him, guys like Marcus, has brought in new guys like Horford and Baines. You get to be part of the Stevens-Hayward tandem reunited. You get to see them go for the title once again. So there's, there's so many great aspects to being a Celtics fan that are just as strong as any other team. Plus, you get that anti-Knicks element that really no one else can offer. 
That's my pitch to you, Alex. Here's what I foresee happening, is that regardless of what choice you make, you're going to be watching a Celtics game at some point this year, and part of you is going to say, I don't want to root for these guys. Oh, man. I can see it in your face right now. I can see it. This this is going to happen. It's going to hurt you. But the the very same reasons you're looking to leave the Knicks are the exact same reasons you need to embrace the Celtics. All right. All right. So Jake Tuber is one of my best buddies. Uh, you can follow his dog at Russell Seltz Pup. Two S's, two L's. Uh, Jake... Thanks for uh, actually trying to convince me to do pretty much the impossible. Oh, this is a blast, man. I love you, man. It's been great to spend this time with you. The Decision is produced by me. Original music from Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and my little brother, Scott Kappelman. I'll be releasing five new episodes of this show every weekday until Tuesday, October 17th, when I release the final episode with my decision. Until then, I'm at Alex Kappelman on Twitter.